y'all. Thanks for listening to Tuned In for Justice and Joy, a podcast dedicated to making resistance irresistible by tuning into our mental health, faith, relationships, and always music. I'm your host, Lysandra Janae, storyteller, music curator, and creative activist Bay. Let's get into this episode. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge fan of Insecure, huge fan of Issa Rae and her work since Awkward Black Girl. And even though Insecure has ended, I'm still not over the show. I still stew on the lessons um, and just like the different moments. Sometimes when I'm in an embarrassing moment, I still think like, you know what? Remember me different. Iconic line. Iconic. Um, But another lesson or like moment that stands out. And that has been standing out for me recently, especially with like some of the work I have going on around um, creating a strategic plan for my job is Molly's episode, uh, an episode with Molly, one episode she's doing a therapy session and her therapist asked her a question. Do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? Or something along those lines. Do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? And I feel like there was a collective just like, ooh. Why are you coming for me? Like the therapist didn't just come for Molly. She came for all of us. Because I think in many ways, that's all of us. Recently, I was I was reading um, a report around impact storytelling and narrative research. I won't get into what all of that means. It's just some, it, it relates to my job and doing <laughs> communications for like social change. And there was a researcher who had a quote in one of the, the reports I was reading I thought was very impactful, um, resonated with me. It said, over-educated liberal elites are a frustrating bunch in the sense that they have this notion that if you say the right facts and you say them very loudly, then certainly everyone will have to agree with you. In really doing narrative work, what we're aiming to do is to connect with other people around some shared humanity. That's different work than talking at people about why you're right, end quote. I'll be the first to admit that I'm not always good at remembering shared humanity, even when I'm drafting like messages or um, stories for like different platforms. But it's something that I'm learning even as I unlearn like cultural and religious norms and examine how any of us got here. Um, I think both within like social justice spaces, as this researcher, um, Milan DeVries, So like even in social justice spaces, and I think for me, like growing up in like evangelical churches, um, there is this idea that there's a right and a wrong way to do things, to say things. Um, And we we pretty much like put ourselves into groups depending on which area, you know, we fall in, who agrees with us, whether it's theologically, um, ideologically, and even in like creating campaigns we still try to like create campaigns to sway people to um think the same way we do to talk the same way we do use the same jargon that we use use um and that's not always helpful and i will say this is in no way meant to like disregard or justify how systemic oppression has harmed and continues to harm people like 
that like we still need to speak truth to power. Humanizing people um, and learning how to not just talk at people does not remove the necessity of speaking truth to power. We are always going to need that. Um, however, we can choose and choose and learn how to stay curious about each other, um, stay curious about people's humanity, um, and stay curious and hopeful in the in the belief that like people can actually transform and people actually can change. Um, even if they're not using the ex exact language that we do. And so I think it's important to stay curious so we can remain compassionate. I think we also live in a very like polarized society. Actually, I don't think that's a thing. I think that's a, that that's actually a fact. You know, like we can see that anywhere. Again, even whether it's around like social justice issues, it's in church spaces. Um, you have your super conservative churches, you have your super liberal churches. Um, and we just, we just choose where to go. We look at any issue that impacts human life. And we see this there's from any side, there's always an us and there's a, a them mentality. And even with like social change, like narrative and communications work that I do, we're often taught to disregard our, or even choose who is our opposition and disregard our opposition. And we're supposed to like focus our attention on moderates or potential allies, people who could be swayed towards, you know, whatever we're campaigning for. And again, it just like puts people into a, this these categories of like, these folks are over there. They're not with us. They never will be. And let's just focus on this, this group of people, which I think loses sight of people's humanity. I'm a Black woman who's worked with social change organizations now for more than a decade since I was 19. And I've always found that notion ridiculous, partly because some of the most harmful acts of like racism, sexism, and really all around oppression that I've experienced happened within social justice movements and um, within social justice spaces. And I'd even say uh, same thing with faith, like some of the most harmful acts of racism and sexism that I've experienced have been in spaces that want to call themselves sanctuaries. And so who who is my opposition when, you know, I have to, the people who, who don't value my full humanity at times are the people who are also calling themselves my allies or my colleagues or my comrades or um, my family, if you will, or community, church community, whatever. And so some of us don't have the luxury to just choose complete opposition when we're constantly um, faced with like just having to pick and choose even how we show up in certain spaces that are supposed to, at least on paper, uh, value our humanity and dignify our humanity. And so to have opposition, it, it's still like there's a right or a wrong way of doing things. And that dismisses people's humanity, that dismisses um, the idea and the values, the convictions that I have that people can actually change and do better. And I know that because like, I haven't always said the right things or had the right ideology, so to speak. And I'm like doing air quotes of like, what is right exactly. But um, I haven't always been on the right side of justice, so to speak. And, you know, there's growth, you know, like, again, if I have another insecure um, reference, you know what that is, it's growth. And all of us are capable of that, regardless of how long it takes. Um, and I think it takes a bit of patience and a bit of like being more 
conscious about the words that we're using? Do we want people to just say the right things or, or use certain words, use certain jargon that we use in movement spaces? Or do we actually want people to transform and for there to um, be a more equitable community, more equitable um, country and world that actually works for all of us and not just um, certain people who are at the top of caste systems. And so all of us are are flawed humans with many different values and motives. There are flawed humans with different values and motives for me that do exist, many of them and many of us. We have values and motives that can be rooted in fear. And that's like fear of losing power, fear of feeling insignificant, um, I've seen this in movement spaces, like fear of having your life's work undermined or erased, especially when there's a call for um, more diversity or inclusion or even just thinking of different ways of doing the quote unquote work. There are people who have historically led certain spaces, typically, especially in nonprofit, though nonprofit spaces I found myself in, like gender-based violence, gender justice organizations, it's typically white cis white women um, who are just like, this is my life's work and I can't, you know, step aside from leadership because I've worked for 30 years doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, child, child, let it go, Nancy. Nancy sounds like a white woman's name. Um, but like whatever their reasons, whatever their fear, their humanity is the same as mine. And that, if anything, is a starting place to develop some sort of shared narrative. And so like part of my job, my overall interest is learning how I can advance like narratives that are beneficial and that counter harmful ones. I'm I don't like, you know, fatalistic narratives. I like narratives that are going to spark joy, going to spark hope, that spark opportunity and abundance. Um, and there is, I believe, a way to do that that doesn't isolate people or place them into like these good apple, bad apple categories. But like, even some of our faves are problematic, right? Like anybody who's been in any kind of social justice work, you know, there are some people doing really important, incredible things from po political advocacy, advocacy in DC to organizing in, you know, some of the smallest communities in this country to whatever, whether, no, no matter how large or small their platform is, we've met people who care about justice, who still perpetuate injustices. I am a person who cares about justice, who still perpetuates injustices. And, you know, sometimes sub subconsciously, like, it's not just this either or good, bad, um, right, wrong way of doing it. Humans, we are too complex for these types of binaries. And those binaries remain subjective depending on which side you find yourself on. We're the heroes in our own stories. I think. Um, and so even if we think about our whoever you may label as your opposition, they are the hero and they are going to view themselves as right in their own story. Um, and so I just think like, what would it look like to understand how many similarities we have in our humanity that could actually unite us around revolutionary solidarity? Like if we're actually re really willing to try, maybe we can do more relating and less just trying to be right. Maybe we can actually be in relation with each other if we find out um, where our shared humanity looks like. I want to share another quote. Um, well, actually it was a tweet from 
a poet I follow named Aja Monet. She's super dope. Um, gathered me. Uh, again, another Issa Rae reference. We many of us know that that clip of Issa at I think it was the Emmys or the Golden Globes where she's like, you know, I'm rooting for everybody black. And Aja Monet had this tweet like a little over a year ago. It, it reads, we're not rooting for everybody black. We're rooting for everybody with a conscience for poor people across the globe, the environment, affordable housing, abolition, and free education. We're rooting for pe- for values grounded in the people over profit. And that stands out to me because I think, again, even when it comes to opposition and these polls, um, it's easy to say like, oh, okay, well, just everybody black, which, you know, we ain't rooting for everybody black because like, some black folks need to be held accountable. Kanye, Candace, we could we could name them. Um, other people, there there are a lot of names that we could name who just we ain't rooting for everybody black. We ain't rooting for black billionaires. We're not rooting for black capitalists. Black capitalists. Um, that's another episode for another day. But like we're rooted in people who really are 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 going to ground themselves in liberating people. <laughs> um, and, and that requires aligning ourselves with people who don't just think and talk like us per se, use the same language as us, um, come from the same race as us or ethnic background as us. Um, that requires us to do a little bit more digging. And so I'm gonna leave y'all with that. For this episode, I'll be sharing a playlist called Freedom Songs for Freedom Day. It's a playlist I curated particularly for Juneteenth, but look, Juneteenth and celebrating freedom, um, rallying towards freedom and global freedom of all um, people is an everyday thing. And so let's not just end it with Juneteenth. And so I will share those that the link to that uh, playlist in the notes. Um, as always, you can follow all of these playlists on Spotify exclusively. I am interested though in learning like what y'all are, what y'all, what do y'all think about relating versus just talking at people um, and how we can create a world that is um, less polarized and a little more liberatory and find ways to rally together um, in revolutionary solidarity. And so talk to me. You can email me, LissandraJanae at Gmail. Um, find me on IG at LissandraJanae, or you can go to LissandraJanae.com and hit me up there. Like, follow, share with your aunties, uncles, and cousins and them. And as always, be well. Be well.